As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Clashes over illegal immigration between border states and the Biden administration continue as Florida now begins shipping migrants to sanctuary cities. And they are intentionally invading this country with drugs, criminal aliens, and an influx of illegal aliens we've never seen in our lifetime. We speak to the former commissioner of Customs and Border Protection about what's really happening at the border. I'm Daily Wire editor-in-chief John Bickley with Georgia Howe. It's Friday, September 16th, and this is Morning Wire. There's nothing worse than seeing such a beautiful place in such disarray. San Francisco residents are fed up. Hear why more than a third of them say they're considering moving out of the city by the bay. And a large homeless encampment in Phoenix has grown so large that residents are taking unprecedented action to deal with the crisis. Many, many different departments involved, and they just point fingers at each other. Thanks for waking up with Morning Wire. Stay tuned. We have the news you need to know. Hey there, producer Colton here. Do you like to be the first to know about trendy news and current events? If so, you gotta get the Daily Wire Plus app. Not only will you receive mobile notifications whenever something's happening, but you'll also have access to the best commentary to break it all down. Download the Daily Wire Plus app and keep up with the facts no matter where your day takes you. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis joined Texas and Arizona in transporting migrants into liberal bastions in protest of President Biden's handling of the border. DeSantis flew two plane loads of migrants into Martha's Vineyard on Thursday. Here to talk about the intensifying GOP resistance to Biden's border policies and the growing pressure on sanctuary cities is Daily Wire reporter Tim Pierce. So, Tim, what is DeSantis doing here? Hey, John. Well, he's doing what a couple of other governors are also doing. Texas Governor Greg Abbott and Arizona's Doug Ducey have been busing illegal immigrants into deep blue areas for months now. Governor DeSantis joined that effort this week. He flew two planes of migrants into Massachusetts' Martha's Vineyard, a well-known hangout for the ultra-wealthy. It's frequented by elites such as Oprah Winfrey and Bill Gates. Former President Obama also owns a home there. Right. What do we know about these migrants? Where did they come from? Well, we're told that about 50 of the migrants dropped off in the vineyard appear to be from Venezuela. DeSantis has been threatening to do something like this and earlier this year convinced lawmakers and Florida's legislature to set aside $12 million for transportation costs. About the time those planes were landing, a couple buses from Texas dropped about 100 migrants on the doorstep of Vice President Kamala Harris's official residence at the Naval Observatory in Washington, D.C. In an appearance on Meet the Press Sunday, Harris claimed the border was secure. There are still a lot of problems that we are trying to fix. Given the deterioration that happened over the last four years, we also 
have to put in place a, 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 a law and a plan for a pathway for citizenship. Governor Abbott told a local radio station that he sent the buses to Harris's residence to make sure she saw the impact of illegal immigration firsthand if she won't come to the border to see it herself. Abbott has at this point bussed roughly 10,000 more migrants to D.C., New York City, and Chicago. Illegal immigration is at record levels. More than 2 million migrants have crossed the border this fiscal year. On what basis was Harris maintaining that the border is secure? That's not clear. And she really didn't try to explain it. As we've noted, just last week, federal officials released 1,000 migrants onto the streets of El Paso because private and federal facilities have run out of space. Many of those migrants are now sleeping on the streets. U.S. Congressman Tony Gonzalez, who represents El Paso, said his city looks like a third-world country. Morningwire spoke to Heritage Foundation fellow Mark Morgan. Morgan previously served as acting commissioner of the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency in the Trump administration. He's been traveling the border and told us about the impact this flood of immigration is having on border communities. Their ranches are being destroyed. They're being devastated. I mean, they're cutting fences and gates. Cattle are getting out. Livestock's getting out. I mean, it's costing these ranchers untold tens of thousands of dollars to repair that stuff on, on a regular basis. That has an impact. The trash that's piled up, you can't imagine what it does. And what happens is some of their livestock starts eating the trash and it's causing all kinds of problems. You never hear about the devastation that's going on. Morgan also said that illegal immigration is driving up danger for both migrants and Americans along these border communities. We literally have migrants that are stacking up dead bodies uh, on the border. Again, mainstream media doesn't even uh, uh, blip on the radar. We talk about the Angel families. We talk about 95% of fentanyl is coming through the uh, southwest border. You know, the rainbow fentanyl, it's intentionally being fed to our kids so they have customers for the next 60, 70 years. Again, barely a blip on the mainstream media. Well, let's hope some sort of solution comes soon. Tim, thanks for reporting. Thanks for having me. That was Daily Wire's Tim Pierce. Coming up, residents of San Francisco say they've had enough. If you like this podcast, subscribe to our Morning Wire newsletter available exclusively to Daily Wire members. Get the Morning Wire newsletter delivered straight to your inbox when you join at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code MORNINGWIRE to try Reader's Pass membership and get your first month for only 99 cents. A stunning new poll this week shows that two-thirds of San Francisco residents think their city is going downhill, with over one-third saying they will move someplace else within three years. The respondents cited homelessness, public safety, and housing prices as their biggest concerns about living in the city by the bay. This comes on the heels of a successful recall of progressive district attorney, Chesa Boudin, and as the mayor, London Breed, is asking city agencies to find solutions to the drug problems, including fentanyl, that plague the city. Here to discuss is columnist David Marcus. Hey, David. How bad have things gotten in San Francisco? Morning. According to this poll, pretty darn bad. To have over 35% of people say they think they're going to move out of a city is, is really shocking and would obviously have devastating effects. Right. I was there about this time last year, and in the Tenderloin District, it really is hard to explain how bad it is. It doesn't look like it could be an American city. There's blocks and blocks of open-air drug markets, basically. So when the respondents cite homelessness as their top concern, they don't mean a guy begging for change on the corner. They mean entire neighborhoods given over to drugs and vagrancy. Right. What are the mayor and city government doing to get a handle on this? It's been a big problem for several years now. And not just this poll, but the recall of the DA seem to indicate that 
the people of the city are demanding changes. Well, the good news is that Mayor Breed has come to the realization that having open-air drug markets is very bad for the city. How that took longer than five minutes to figure out is a question her critics would ask. But a new program called San Francisco Recovers has brought over 21 city departments together to find ways to shut them down. The catch is that they intend to do it without arresting people, or at least arresting very, very few people. And those same critics are saying the proposed measures, such as supervised drug use areas and electronic monitoring of addicts, just won't get the job done. Hmm. Under the current and proposed policies in San Francisco, what kind of drug offenses can be arrested for? If somebody is openly selling heroin or fentanyl, for example, in the middle of the sidewalk, do they face possible arrest? It's kind of amazing to say so, but probably not. Uh, The new district attorney, Brooke Jenkins, has stiffened some penalties for people dealing more than five grams of fentanyl, for example. They'll now face felony charges where previously, even for 500 grams, offenders were sent to community courts that mostly offer social services, not jail. But for all intents and purposes, the stated goal of the city is not to arrest people over drugs. So for the police, to the extent they're even out on the beat, The question becomes, how do you enforce any of these new rules and policies? It's kind of a stop or I'll say stop again Mm -hmm. situation. And it's a quality of life issue that bleeds into every aspect of living in the city. It also, frankly, doesn't do much to help the poor people who are so addicted to these drugs. The city says it offers them rehab, but by some measures, fewer than 1% of the people they do outreach with receive treatment. The number three issue listed was housing prices. How expensive is housing in San Francisco And how does it compare to other major cities in the United States? Aside from all the other problems, are people just being priced out? It's a little higher than New York City, where the average rent is around $3,500. In San Francisco, it's $3,750. And it's a city where roughly 65% of the population rents their residence. Now, it's always been an expensive place to live. But clearly from this poll and people I've spoken to, the value of that premium, of, of the extra money spent on rent, isn't there anymore. People pay that much to be able to walk to restaurants, shops, and parks. Mm -hmm. When doing that means they have to walk through masses of vagrants with needles in their arms, uh, they start thinking about living in an Austin, Texas, where the average rent is only $1,800, or Memphis, where it's only $1,000. One can see why that's starting to look attractive. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, thank you for joining us today, David. Thanks for having me. That was Daily Wire contributor David Marcus. Phoenix, Arizona is battling a homeless problem that is only getting worse. Residents complain that homeless encampments are ruining downtown. Meanwhile, homeless people are suffering in the scorching summer heat. Daily Wire investigative reporter Mairead Alordi is here with the details for us. So, Mairead, we've reported quite a bit about homelessness along the West Coast, but it's also a serious issue in Phoenix. Hi, Georgia. Yes, the homeless situation in Phoenix has now become a major problem for the city. There's a homeless encampment just west of downtown that residents say has become unmanageable. In fact, a group of 15 Phoenix residents who own homes, businesses, and land in that part of the city actually sued the city this month. They say the homeless encampment has caused them irreparable harm and the city must address it. And what exactly are they alleging in the lawsuit as to the harm that's been caused? Well, the residents who filed the complaint say the city of Phoenix has acted illegally and unconstitutionally by actually transporting homeless people to this part of the city from other locations. 
Then on top of that, the city doesn't crack down on disruptive behavior like drunk and disorderly conduct or loitering, according to the lawsuit. In one area, at least 400 people have pitched their tents. The residents also say homeless individuals shoot up drugs and defecate in public, break into cars, and urinate on buildings, not to mention littering. One employee who works in the area was assaulted by a homeless person, according to the business owner, who's one of the plaintiffs suing. The residents say the homeless problem has gotten worse ever since 2018, when a federal court struck down a law that outlawed urban camping. They say they don't want to send homeless people to jail, and they don't even want money from the city. They just want the homeless moved to another area. On top of the harm to residents, the lawsuit also says the situation is a humanitarian crisis because homeless people are frequently found dead in the encampment area due to drugs, but often just exposure to heat. Right. Well, they're living outdoors in extreme heat. What are the temperatures like in Phoenix? Well, right. The heat is a huge issue. Temperatures got up to 118 degrees as early as June, and it's still regularly getting into the hundreds in September. Local news reports say that about 500 homeless people died in Phoenix in 2021. Compare that with 640 homeless people who died last year in New York City, which has a population four times bigger than Phoenix. So it's a pretty significant issue given the size of the city. And what has the city said about the situation? A city spokesperson said the city of Phoenix is committed to addressing the needs of residents and property owners and is working on the homeless issue. The city has built shelters and increased affordable housing and mental health services. So far, though, it doesn't look like it's been enough to stem the problem. Well, Maraid, thanks so much for reporting. Thanks, Georgia. That was Daily Wire investigative reporter Maraid Alordi. Other stories we're tracking this week. Chinese President Xi Jinping and Russia's Vladimir Putin met for talks on boosting ties between their countries Thursday, an encounter that follows a major setback for Moscow on the battlefield in Ukraine. South Africa's president is headed to the United States, where aides say he's expected to press for more negotiations between Russia and Ukraine during a talk with U.S. President Joe Biden later today. Finland's president said Thursday that he wants to make it harder for Russians to use real estate holdings in the Nordic nation, usually apartments or summer cottages, as justification for obtaining travel visas. Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman says that he will do one debate with Republican candidate Dr. Mehmet Oz held on October 25th. The campaigns are discussing the terms. On Thursday, Democrats rejected a GOP resolution to the Department of Education asking for an accounting of how much student loan forgiveness would cost U.S. taxpayers. Thanks for listening to Morning Wire. We created this show to bring more balance to the national conversation. If you love our show and you stand with our mission, please consider subscribing, leaving us a five-star rating, and most importantly, sharing our podcast with a friend. That's all the time we've got this morning. Thanks for waking up with us. We'll be back tomorrow with the news you need to know.